Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. The late 1800s, there was a Native American chief known to most as uh, Crowfoot. He was of the uh, Sixissa uh, tribe there in northern Canada. And when uh, he, he was a, a, a peace-loving man at a very, very um, violent time in our history. When the Canadian government went to him and asked to be allowed to bring the railroad tracks over his territories... He consented, and in return, the government uh, promised him that he could ride those railroads anytime, anywhere. And they gave him a pass that they put in a beautiful commemorative uh, holder. And they say that Crowfoot wore that pass for the rest of his life. However, he never set foot on the railroad, never set foot on a train. In all of his years, he never rode the train. When I heard that story, I thought about us as believers. I thought about how so often, just like Crowfoot, we've been given a promise that we never act upon. We wear the promise, make t-shirts out of the promises. We hang the promises on the wall and celebrate them, but we never act upon them. We never get on the train as it were. And today, that's what I want to talk to you about. I I want to kick off this this brand new series, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, by talking to you today about our promise-keeping God. Here's what Spurgeon said. He said, God never gives us a promise he doesn't intend for us to use. He wants us claiming those promises. He wants us appropriating those promises within our lives and experiencing them for ourselves. We're all familiar with the first time the rainbow appeared in the sky. It's associated with the story of Noah and that period of time when God judged the world for its sin. And he flooded the entire globe. And everything was destroyed. Every human being, every animal was destroyed under the judgment of God, except for Noah, his family, and those animals that he had brought upon the ark of safety. But then God spoke to Noah. And here's what he said in Genesis chapter 9, verse 12 through verse 16. God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I'm making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. That's what the rainbow is. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. Now here in South Louisiana, There are times when we see flooding, 
And there are times when we have rain day after day after day, week sometime after week. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I got my eye on all the animals to see if they're pairing up again because I'm ready to build an ark, right? But God has given us a promise never to flood the world in such a catastrophic way that all life would be wiped out. He promised to never do that again, and he never has. He is a promise-keeping God. You need to know that God doesn't just make promises. God keeps promises. And that's what I want us to really wrap our heart around today, the fact that we have this promise-keeping God. I don't know what you think of when you see the rainbow. I don't know what comes to mind when you see a rainbow in the sky But I believe the thing that God intended is that when we would see the rainbow, we would remember that that rainbow would remind us that God is a promise keeper. Say that with me, everybody. God is a promise keeper. Again, he doesn't just make promises. He keeps promises. Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 145, verse 13, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He cries out to God and says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all that he has made. By the way, he makes those promises because he loves us. And the scripture said he's faithful to his promise. He's a promise keeper. And the truth is the very fact that we have promises from God And I wonder today how aware we are of those promises. I wonder how many of us have taken the time to search through the scriptures and unpack all the promises that God has made to you and I as his followers, to you and I as his children. But the very fact that we have those promises from God is the result of God being a promise keeper. The fact that we know him, we're in right relationship with him, is the fact that he's a promise keeper. You see, in the very first chapter of the book of Genesis, we see that man and woman, that very first man, that very first woman, transgressed against God. They failed God. They disobeyed God. They sinned against God. But God, our loving, forgiving creator, reaches out to them and he lets them know there's going to be judgment. He let them know, hey, uh, man will earn his bread by the sweat of his brow. Women will give birth with, with great pain and difficulty. And then he turned his attention to the serpent, that one that Satan had used to speak to man and woman and to tempt them along those lines. And here's what he said to the serpent in Genesis 3 verse 15. I will make you and the woman hostile towards each other. I'll make your descendants and her descendants hostile towards each other. And then God said this, he will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. Who was he talking about there? He was talking about a savior. He was talking about Jesus and how he would come and crush the head of that serpent, how he would come and bring redemption to mankind, bring salvation and forgiveness, a brand new life, an eternal life for anyone who would place their faith in that savior. And I'm so glad today that he made us that promise and he kept that promise. If you're here today and your sins are forgiven, you're right with God. You have a brand new life in Christ. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. Listen, it's because God's a promise keeper. He's kept his promise to you. And he sent that Savior just like he promised he would. And he hung there suspended between heaven and earth, bearing the sins of the whole world. Your sins, my sins, 
paying the price for our forgiveness, our redemption. God made a promise that he kept. And because he did, we're saved today. Our names are written down in the Lamb's book of life. We have eternal life. And somebody ought to thank God right here and right now that God keeps his promise. That's why the Holy Spirit inspired Paul in his letter to the Galatians in the fourth chapter, the 28th verse, to say this. Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. I don't know if you've thought about yourself like that lately, so let me say it one more time. You're children of promise. In fact, would you say it with me? Say, I am a child of promise. There's promise over you. God told Jeremiah, and listen, it's his word to all of us. He said, I've got plans for you. You need to know that today. God has plans for you. No matter how bleak things are, no matter how dark the hour has grown in your situation, you need to know you're a child of promise. And he said, I've got plans to prosper you and give you a hope and a future. You are a child of promise today. I don't know what difficulty you're going through. But I felt so impressed by the Spirit of God today to step up and to remind us all that God is a promise keeper and that we are his children. So that makes us children of great promise. Years ago, I had the distinct privilege of uh, attending a promise keeper rally with a number of young men from our church there in Atlanta when I I was serving there in the late 1990s. We traveled to Washington, D.C., and actually got to stand on the Washington Mall with over a million men crying out to God. It was one of the most poignant moments I've ever experienced. It was so powerful to be shoulder to shoulder with a million men crying out to God on behalf of our nation. Someone observed that day. It's the largest gathering of men in the name of God since Israel left Egypt. And I stood there. I stood there crying out with all those men for God to move. There was a story that came out of that Promise Keepers rally, a story of a number of Native American men who dressed in their ceremonial robes and walked into Washington, D.C. It made national news. All the news works were covering it, and they interviewed those Indian chiefs, and they asked them, while they were going to this promise keeper rally and the chiefs responded by pointing out how many treaties the American government had broken with them over the years. And they said, we're going to stand with men who know how to keep their promises. You know, it seems to me we live in a day and an hour when we've forgotten how to do that. When it seems that no one really stays true to the promises that we make anymore. But I need you to know there's one who always keeps his promise. There's a promise maker who's also a promise keeper, and his name is the Almighty. And we ought to thank him for his promises here today. Come on, we're going to celebrate the promises of God today. We've got to learn what God has promised us. And so I want to encourage you to be People of the word, because it's in God's word, it's in the Holy Bible, that we find these great and precious promises. And we need to discover them for ourselves. We need to learn what those promises are, and then we need to 
by faith, appropriate those promises into our lives, into our circumstances, the situations that we find ourselves in. We've got to learn what God has promised us. Psalm chapter 119 and verse 148 says, my eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. When's the last time you did that? When's the last time you just took the time to meditate on the promises of God? That into the late watches of the night, you would just rehearse those promises over in your mind, over and over in your heart, reminding yourself and reminding God of what he's promised you. Did you know the Lord told us to do that? Did you know the Lord said we're to bring him in remembrance of his word? And so we need to rehearse those promises. God said he watches over his word to perform it. And he said, so shall my word be. It goes out for my mouth. It will not return unto me void, but it will prosper in the thing that I've sent it to achieve. Come on, do you believe in the promises of God today? Today we need to learn what those promises are. We need to learn what they are. Because I promise you, despite what you've been told, ignorance is not bliss. In fact, here's what God said through his prophet Hosea in chapter four, verse six, speaking in first person, God said, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. So often it's what we don't know that destroys us. And so many of us don't know what God has promised us. So I wanted to just take a few moments and remind you of some of the promises of God today. Would that be all right? Would it be all right if I reminded you today that according to Isaiah 53, 5, God is a healer. He's promised to heal us. He said in Isaiah 53, 5, that Jesus was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes, we are healed. I'd love to see the hand of everyone in this room that God has healed at one time or another. Come on, he's come through for you and he's healed your body. He's a healing God, a God who has promised to heal us. Today, if you find yourself sick, Suffering with some form of disease. God wants to heal you today. And I claim your healing with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Today I remind you this promise keeping God. According to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. Promises to be our provider. Philippians 4.19 said, my God shall supply all your need, not some, all your need according to his riches in glory. He's a need meter. He meets the needs that we have. Listen, I, I, I don't know about you, but time and time again throughout my life, I've been in situations where I didn't know how I was going to get through. I didn't know how I was going to get by. I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. But God, Jehovah Jireh, my provider has come through a again and again and again and made a way where there seems to be no way. I wonder if there's somebody that knows him as a promise keeper today. And then Isaiah 26 verse 3 reminds us that this promise keeping God has promised us peace. I needed some peace this week. I got to be honest with you. I've needed the peace of God and I called out to God this week for his perfect peace. And oh, oh, how he blessed me with his presence. 
I, I like the way Paul puts it. it. It can't even be explained. It's peace that passes all understanding. But here's what he promised in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. He said, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me. Oh, listen, God wants to keep you in peace. No matter what's gone on in your life, no matter what you're going through, what you're facing, how many know you can face it with a peace the world has no clue about? You can face it with a peace that comes from God and God alone. I've walked through some things just this last week with people that, listen, I could see tangibly the peace of God upon their life. There's no reason why they wouldn't be pacing the floors and wringing their hands except for God was keeping them in his perfect peace. And I'm so grateful for I'm so thankful he's a promise maker and he's a promise keeper. And then for every parent in this room that's worried about your boy or you're worried about your daughter who's wayward and away from God and they're out in the world not living like they should, God's a promise keeper and he's promised to save our families. Maybe it's your spouse that has never known God. You're serving the Lord faithfully, but that husband, that wife has never made Jesus Lord of their life. Listen to Acts 16, 31 that says, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved and your household. I like to look at my family and tell them, it doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter. You're going to get saved whether you like it or not. I've got a promise keeper that I'm serving. And he promised to get a hold of your heart. God is a promise maker. He's a promise keeper. And he's made these precious promises to us. We need to learn what they are so that we can appropriate them for ourselves. The rainbow. As we see the sun shine through those clouds forming that arched prism of colors, it should remind us that God is a promise-keeping God and the rainbow reminds us to lay claim on God's promises. Again, we're not just gonna wear them around our neck. We're not just gonna put them on the wall or print them on a t-shirt or a bumper sticker. No, we're gonna lay claim to those promises we're going to allow God to bring those promises into fruition within our life. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. I love that word, amen. Because that word, I love that word, amen. I, I love to hear it on Sunday morning. I love that word because that word means so be it. When I say amen to the promise of God, I'm saying so be it as it relates to my healing. I'm saying so be it as it relates to his provision. I'm saying so be it as it relates to his peace and his promise to save our family. We're saying so be it. He says yes, and we say amen, so be it. And we need to appropriate the promises of God and, and lay claim on God's promises. We lay hold on the promises of God through faith and patience. Oh, I had to bring that up, huh? Because we're not a patient lot, are we? In fact, you know, we've built a world for ourselves where we want to try to have everything instantaneously. Does it bug you when the Wi-Fi doesn't work like it's supposed to? I'm telling you, I regularly get in the flesh about it. Donna has to rebuke me. It's just sad. We want everything. We don't want everything now. We wanted it yesterday. Come on, be honest. But how many know the promises of God doesn't always work that way? It's sometimes... There is a period of time where we're waiting on the promise to be fulfilled. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 says, we don't want you to become lazy, 
but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Sometimes we have to be patient. Now, here's the, here's the good news. God is patient with us. Oh, I don't know about you, but I tried his patience. I tested his patience. And he was so patient with me, so kind, so loving, so generous to keep reaching out to me, keep reaching out to me until finally I turned my heart, my life. Is, does anybody else have a similar story? Has the Lord been patient with you? Well, now, now we in turn need to be patient with him. Because you see, he understands what we couldn't possibly understand about our situation. He knows what we can't know. He sees what we can't see. And if for whatever reason we're having to wait, then we need to be patient as we wait upon the Lord. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. And we've got to, with faith and with patience, wait on those promises to come. Wait on those promises to be fulfilled. I felt like someone needed to know that sometimes the promise may be delayed, but a, deli a delay is not a denial. A delay is not a denial. It's not that God is saying no necessarily. Maybe he's just saying, wait, can you be patient? Can you keep your faith in God and in his promises long enough for God to come through for us. Second Peter chapter three, verse nine says, the Lord isn't slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So again, he was patient with us while waiting on us to place our faith in him. Now let's be patient with him. As we wait on him to meet that need and come through with that promise, let's let patience work along with our faith to appropriate the promise of God. Now, I shared something during our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and, and if you were joining us, you, uh, you heard me share this, but I, I felt like there were a number of you that maybe weren't privy to that, and I, I wanted to share it with you today in this context. I want to share with you maybe some of the plausible reasons for the delay on promises fulfilled. First of all, number one, God may be developing our faith. Uh, can I ask a question? How many of you feel like you're stronger in your faith today than you were maybe a year ago or two years ago? Raise your hand. Yeah, why? Because faith's a development. Our faith is developed over time. Faith's a lot like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it becomes. And so God may be developing our faith. The wait may be because we're just not there yet at a place where we can believe God for what it is that we need. And so God is developing our faith. That's why he said it's through faith and patience that we ultimately inherit what has been promised. So if we're praying correctly, then our faith will grow to the point where we can receive from the Lord. What do you mean by praying correctly, Jeff? I'm so glad you asked that question. What I mean is, you're not praying your problem. You're praying his promise. You're not praying your fear. You're praying faith. Instead of going, oh, Lord, I don't know what to do. Bills are coming due, and I don't have any money to pay for them. God, help me. God, help me. God, help me. That's not the way to pray. 
You're praying your problem. You need to be praying the promise. No, we need to go to God and say, God, I thank you that your word declares my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. I thank you that I'm blessed in the city and blessed going in, blessed going in, and blessed going out. Come on, somebody. We need to pray the promises of God. And watch what happens as we pray those promises. Romans 10 verse 17 said, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Not just in a setting like this where someone's teaching you the Bible, but as you in your own prayer time declare those promises, your faith rises as, as, as it hears you declaring the promise of God over your life and over your situation. Second, plausible reason as to why maybe there's this wait until the promise comes is number two, God may be dealing with deeper issues. See, what you're crying out to God over right now is important to you, and I believe it's important to God, but there may be even more important things to God that he's going to deal with before he deals with what's important to you. See, I don't know if it works this way with you, but when I find myself in a situation I don't know how to handle, God's got my attention. God's got my attention. And while he has my attention over this situation, he takes the time to deal with deeper things. Things that, again, I'm not so concerned about, but he's concerned about, that he wants to deal with in this moment. Our circumstances give God our attention. Here's the bottom line. What God does in me is far more important than what God does for me. We're praying and calling on God because we want God to do some things for us. And listen, he wants to do those things for you. But more importantly, he wants to do some things in you and in me. And we've got to be patient with God. And we've got to wait on the Lord. And we've got to allow him to do that deeper work. Ephesians 3.20 declares all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. God wants to do way more than just that thing you're asking him to do. He wants to deal with the deeper issues. Will you let him say, I will? Number three, a third reason why we may be having to wait is number three, we may be dealing with satanic resistance. How many know you got an enemy called the devil who's just as real as God is? We know that because God's the one who revealed that enemy to us. And we have an enemy that does not want us to appropriate the promises of God. In fact, he wants to do everything he can to keep us out of the promises of God. And he wars against us. He battles against us. And there's an amazingly insightful example of this in the book of Daniel, where Daniel had been praying for an answer from God for 21 days. For 21 days, he'd been fasting and praying and trusting God for an answer. And on day 21, his answer arrives in the form of an angel of the Lord that appeared to Daniel and let him know, I've been trying to get to you for 21 days. Listen to Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. For 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. And then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. How does that relate to you? You need to know that the spirit prince of the kingdom of Dusan has been trying to keep your promise from you. And if you're laughing today because you don't believe Dusan got some devils, you hadn't been around there lately. Dusan, bro bridge, come on, y'all. Lafayette, 
has these demonic powers that reside over this geographical area. The Bible refers to them as principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. Spiritual wickedness in high places. And you need to know your answer's coming through all of that. And sometimes that's why it's detained or delayed. But I'm so glad that God even now is sending angels on assignment on our behalf to war against those principalities and powers to put those devils in their place so that we can know the promise of God in our life, so we can be healed, so our need can be met. Come on, somebody, thank God. That greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. We meet up with this resistance, but here's what we do. We meet that resistance with our persistence. We keep on praying, come on. We keep on standing, having done all to stand. We stand on the promises of God. When you see that rainbow, it should remind you that God is a promise keeper. It should remind you that God wants each and every one of us to lay claim on the promises that he's made to us. And lastly, that rainbow reminds us that God has promised us something better than what we have. Again, I don't know what you're going through, but I know these are difficult days. And I just need you to know today, it's going to get better. God's got more for you than what you have. God's got more for you. I said good things are coming. I said God's going to come through. I said God's still on the throne today. And the rainbow should remind us that God has promised us something better than what we have. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4 puts it this way. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, through those great and precious promises, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. The promises of God will actually allow us to participate in the divine nature of God. I said, God's got something better for you. You guys familiar with the comedian Kevin Hart? Y'all know him? Kevin Hart was raised in the home of a godly mother, Bible-believing mother. Not long ago, he was interviewed by Oprah Winfrey, and he told the story of when he first started out as a comedian. Times were hard. And his mother believed in him, and she told him, she said, if you trust God, God's going to take care of you. And you need to know, she told him, she told Kevin, she said, you need to know, I'm going to help you. Well, Again, in those early days of his comedy career, he got in a tight place where he thought he might even be evicted from his apartment. And so he called his mother and he, he told his mom, he said, Mom, I hate to ask you, but I wonder if you could send me a little help. And here's what his mom said. He said, she said, have you been in your Bible? I told you to stay in the word of God, son. Have you been in your Bible? He said, oh, mom, I don't want to talk about that right now. I just need you to help me out a little bit. They hung up. A week goes by. He doesn't get anything from her. And man, it's getting tight. He's running out of time. So he calls her again. Mom, were you going to send some help? She said, son, have you been in your Bible? He said, mother, why do you keep bringing that up? She said, the answer lies in the word of God, son. He hung up frustrated with her. Went another week and they put a notice on his door. Now he's desperate. So he went and found that Bible she had given him. 
And when he opened it up, there was check after check signed and ready to be filled out to help him with his rent. His answer was in the word of God. Why am I telling you that story? Because the same is true for you. I'm telling you, God's made you some promises. And if you'll open up the word of God, you'll find those promises. And God will come through. Come on, he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. When I grew up in my dad's little Assembly of God church there in Northeast Louisiana, we used to sing the hymns. One of those hymns that they would sing, seemed like almost every service, was a song called Standing on the Promises of God. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Oh, it would ring out in that church as the saints would gather and they would sing about standing on the promises of God. It's why I came to church today to remind us all, you may be going through a difficult time, but you're a child of promise. You need to just step up on what God has given you. You need to step up on what, I, I, I'm looking for somebody in this crowd today that's gonna step up on a thus saith the Lord. You're gonna step up on a so shall my word be. I want you to step up on a, I've got this. Come on, you I'll make a way with there seems to be no way. Step up on. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Step up on. The promise of God. Stand firm in faith and patience and let God take care of you today. That rainbow is a reminder. Our God is a promise-keeping God. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Jeff Abels and I just wanted to take a minute to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been dealing with your heart as you've listened to this message and you feel like you just need to get right with God. If you have no real assurance that you are right with God, if you cannot honestly say you've been living for God and you know that needs to change, I wanna invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior right now. You know, the Bible tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means God loves you and God's ready to save you. He's just waiting on you to call on Him. will not you call on Him right now by praying a very simple prayer with me. I want you to repeat the words of this prayer after me. Let those words come right from your heart. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now In the name of Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from God. And I don't want that. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again. Through faith in Jesus, I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, Come into my heart, forgive all my sin, and change my life. Be Lord of my life from this day forward. I don't live for me anymore or this world. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And I thank you right now, even as I pray, according to your promise, My sin is all forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer with me, we would really love to know about it. We'd love to give you some next steps to get you started on your brand new journey of faith. What I'd love for you to do is just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. And someone will connect with you to provide you with some resources that I think will help you greatly. Again, just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast today, and God richly bless you is our prayer for you.